Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Female Fitness Formula podcast. Of course, I am your host, Sheridan Skye, and I'm a little bit late on this week's podcast because as you guys who follow me on social media know, my family and I did make the move uh, from, I guess, practically the Gold Coast, though it wasn't quite the Gold Coast, back down to Sydney and even a bit further down the South Coast. And we did this for the second time in three months. So moving two kids, two dogs, a whole life, (laughs) three months has been wild, but we are so happy in our new location. And honestly, I just refuse to give into a life where I live by the sunk cost fallacy, which means that, you know, I I don't make decisions that feel in alignment because of the tools and resources and money I've already put into something, whether that's moving or that is a job or that's a relationship. I just have one precious life and I will be damned if I spend it in the sunk cost fallacy. So here I am. I am late. Hello. Thank you for joining me. And I wanted to spend this episode talking about whether starvation mode is actually a thing and what your metabolism actually is. But more importantly, why does dieting get so damn hard the longer you go down the road and the further along in that that journey that you get? And that is what I'm going to answer in this podcast. So I first want to help you to understand what metabolism actually is because metabolism actually is, it's it's a tangible thing that we can measure, right? And sometimes I feel like in the health and fitness world or the wellness world, it gets thrown around like this willy-nilly word that's not like measurable or anything. And, you know, metabolism is quite complex, but in terms of what makes up metabolism, we have a pretty good understanding of what that is. And for me to help you to understand why dieting becomes harder as we go on and whether or not starvation mode is actually a phenomenon that you need to be worried about, you need to first understand what your metabolism actually is, right? But I want to paint a bit of a picture and why this important, why this podcast is so important. And I want you to think back to a time, and I know that so many of you will be able to resonate with this, where you know you, you may have been on a health and fitness journey and you were like, oh, I really want to lose weight, I want to lose fat, I want to change my physique. And you just made like a few really subtle changes. And that might've been, you started going for a walk every day, you weren't training and then you started training, or you, know, you, you just did a few little swaps here and there and you might have been like, you know what, I'm going to swap my Coke for a a diet Coke or I'm going to eat less fried foods and I'm going to eat more veggies and it sort of just happened, right? You were like, okay, like this isn't too bad and you're losing weight and it's happening and you're on a roll and you're kind of like, oh, I I thought that this was going to be a lot harder. And then you hit this point in your journey where you have likely lost a considerable amount of weight and all of the things you were doing just aren't working anymore and you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs feeling really frustrated as to why these things aren't working and we've all been there I've been there my clients are you know I, I take them through this journey so often And sometimes, a lot of the time when they come on with me, it is just about making those really subtle changes. And then we get to a point where it's (laughs) really 
really, really challenging. And they're like, why isn't it working anymore? And I was actually listening to a podcast from uh, Lane Norton. And I think it was a podcast or it was a reel on Instagram. And he used this analogy that was like, wow, yes, that's exactly what it's like. And I want you guys to imagine a toothpaste, a, a, a tube of toothpaste that is really full and voluptuous. You've, you've just gotten it, bought it from the store. And when you're brushing your teeth and you need to squeeze out some toothpaste, it's actually really easy to squeeze out, right? It doesn't require a lot of effort. It just requires a little gentle push and you get some toothpaste. And then as the toothpaste starts to become more depleted and you use more of that toothpaste, you get to the end of that toothpaste and it starts to get harder to push some of that toothpaste out. Now, if you're like me and for whatever reason, I seem to be the stingiest when it comes to toothpaste, I really work the hell out of that toothpaste. Like if I can no longer push it out with my fingers, I'm finding things to scrape the rest of the toothpaste up to the top of the the tip so that I can push it out. But the point is that at first, using that toothpaste and getting that toothpaste to come out of that tube is easy. But as that journey progresses, it becomes progressively harder and it requires more force. It requires more effort. And that is exactly what dieting is. And I want to normalize this experience because people that get to this place feel like something's wrong and it's not wrong. And they they start to blame hormones and they start to blame all of these things. And it's just, it's simply not the case. And I'm going to explain to you why this happens. So let's dive in again, digressing back to what I'd mentioned about metabolism at the start of this podcast. What the hell actually is metabolism, right? We've got four components to metabolism. And the first component is actually your basal metabolic rate. So this is the energy that is required from your body to just simply exist, to do all of the things that make you human and keep you alive. And that's, you know, it's it's breathing and it's pumping blood around your body and it's, it's um, you know, keeping your organs running. Basically, we want to keep the lights on, right? So... The basal, your basal metabolic rate is actually the largest component of your, uh, to, your, your total metabolism. It actually accounts for around 60%-ish, depending on the person, of your total metabolism, which is massive, right? 60% from one block is, is quite considerable. The next element of your metabolism is what's called as non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And you'll hear this referred to in the fitness community as NEAT. NEAT is your subconscious movement. So it's your blinking. It's when you're using your arm, your hands to speak. And it's it's all the things that you do are really, uh, you know, unconscious. And that and that might even be, you know, you, you naturally just go and take the stairs without meaning to take the stairs. You're, you're more of an active person. And... This accounts for the next highest uh, makeup of your metabolism. So NEAT is, it depends on the person, but around 20 to 30% of your total metabolism. And NEAT varies very, very much among individuals. And we can talk about the difference between an efficient and an inefficient metabolism. And the way that I like to put this is, you know, that friend or that family member who seems to just eat whatever the hell they want and they never put on weight, it likely comes down to their NEAT level. So if you notice, uh, like myself, I have a very 
inefficient need. And in this case, inefficiency can be really helpful because what that means is I I just willy-nilly expend energy. If you notice in this podcast, I talk fast. I use my hands a lot. My clients that jump onto my calls, they they would account for the fact that I move constantly. And I was interestingly just at the gym, right? And I was observing the people around me, what they do in between their sets. And so many people were just sitting on their phones and they were just, you know, doing whatever they do on their phones. And I can't do that. I need to be up and walking around. Like I feel like if I'm not walking, I'm almost, I, I get a bit frustrated, right? And I, I notice the other people in the gym who uh, have those higher needs because they're also like pacing around sets and just like, it's, it's, it's actually really interesting to watch. Then the next element of your metabolism is your uh, thermic effect of feeding. So this is the energy that your body requires to ultimately digest and metabolize the food that you eat. You know, if we if we want energy from food, we have to give some energy to receive that. It's kind of like, you know, you earn money at your job. In order to go and get that money, you need to give your time and energy and effort to go and, and um, earn that money, essentially. Then the final part of metabolism is your exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is your planned exercise. This is your resistance training sessions. This is your, you know, your your steps. So your step target is actually not, it's, it's, it's not, it's planned. It's not neat because it's actually planned. And then it's your Pilates or your F45 or whatever it is that you do. And Interestingly enough, for the majority of the population, I'm not talking about high-level athletes that dedicate majority of their day to their craft and their sport. I'm talking about everyday folk who, you know, go to the gym a few days a week. They might have a step target. Your exercise activity thermogenesis actually accounts for the lowest portion of your total metabolism. So that's where that old saying, you can't out-train a bad diet comes from. Because when we look at what metabolism is and how much your activity, so your, your, your training actually accounts for that, it's a really small component. Like we're talking 10 to 20%. 20% for people who are quite active. And again, not not referring to athletes because that's a different subset of the population, right? So that is your metabolism. Now that you understand what metabolism is, I want to help you understand why the toothpaste analogy is so accurate when we're describing the journey that we go through when we're losing weight, when we start a process and it's easy and it's good and it's working. And then all of a sudden we hit this spot and we're like, oh, like, why isn't it happening? This is so frustrating. And that's where a lot of clients come to me being like, I've lost a significant amount of weight. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Everything that I'm trying is not working. And it's because they didn't really have a strategy in place. What they did is they made a few really intelligent swaps that were helping. But like the toothpaste analogy, the further you get down that road, the more you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to execute and you're going to need a strategy that is uh, supported by data to show you that you're heading in the right direction, right? And the reason this happens is because your body's one mission in life, among others, but its main mission, it's one above everything, is 
to stay alive. Humans are so adaptable. The things that we've been through, the shit that we've been through, and we're still here, we're still standing, that is a testament to your body's ability to keep you alive. And it does that really efficiently. And that is what is referred to as metabolic adaptation. So you've probably heard it in the fitness community. And now that you have an understanding of what metabolism actually is, I want to help you to understand why this happens. Before I jump into that, I want to help you to understand that this is a normal and very, very, very helpful component of our humanness. It's it's required to keep us alive and it doesn't mean that things are ruined or you've ruined your metabolism or all of these things that we're told. It's simply just the adaptations that our body takes in order to keep us alive. So let's talk about what those adaptations are and why it ultimately ultimately leads to your fat loss becoming a little bit harder, right? So I mentioned your basal metabolic rate being around 60% of your total metabolism. What's interesting about the energy or the calories that are required to sustain just your basal metabolic rate is this. Your overall body mass will be indicative of the calories you require to sustain it. So if you weigh 100 kilos, for example, when you start off on your health and fitness journey, and then you get down to 80 kilos, you do a really incredible job and you lose 20 kilos by yourself, which is epic. If you've done that, props to you, girl, that's amazing. You weigh less, your body mass is less. So when you think about it from a practical standpoint, I like to compare this to a car, right? If you take a Prius, for example, a small little tiny Prius, and then you take a, I don't know, an F truck, an F-250 truck, or you take a bus, whatever it is, however you want to compare it, it takes far more fuel to sustain the bus, right, than it does to, te- to sustain the Prius. And I know we can talk about engines and all these things, but I, I want to paint the analogy of the, the the mass, right? So something that is smaller requires less to sustain. So when you lose weight and your body mass changes quite significantly, you require less calories to exist. That is not a hormone thing. That is not something that you have to worry about. It is just simple it's, it's simple math. It's simple thermogenesis. If you weigh less, you require less energy. Then we look at NEAT. So what is really, really interesting about NEAT, and if you go down the NEAT rabbit hole and the research with NEAT, it's, guys, it's fascinating. And I would make this podcast about 300,000 hours long if we were to go down that. But NEAT is so interesting because it is the most adaptive component of your metabolism. What does this mean? Because it's unconscious movement, you don't have control over what your body is doing there, right? And and we can talk about adding things like steps and, and things like that. But when your body recognizes that there, you're in a period of famine and guys, your body doesn't know the difference between you trying to get shredded for summer and putting on a bikini or you wanting to lose weight just because you have some health markers that are concerning to you and you want to drop a little bit of weight to improve those. 
or you being out in the desert and you having no food. All it knows is that I was once at homeostasis, which was my normal, and now I'm I'm recognizing that the energy that I need to sustain the the person that I am here and now, I don't have enough calories coming in. And that's because you're restricting the calories, right? It's it's the it's the gold standard of fat loss. To lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit, meaning you consume less calories than your body actually needs, which forces your body to tap into stored energy being fat cells. So your body does this really, really clever thing where it says, cool, might ramp up some hunger. She's not listening. She's not feeding me. I am still hungry. We still don't have enough coming in. What else can we do here? How else can I conserve energy? And that's ultimately the role of NEAT. It's how do I conserve this energy so that we aren't using as much? You know, if we don't have enough coming in, I need to try and, I need to fill that gap. I need to try and bring that deficit just a little bit closer toward maintenance so that we can survive longer because that is my one mission in life. And the way that it does that, guys, is through decreasing your subconscious movement. So something like blinking, which is fascinating. And, and you know, these, these hand movements and the speed at which you talk. And I don't know if you guys have ever been around a bodybuilder or someone who's just, you know, they're in peak week of their show. You watch their behavior and I weirdly really enjoy watching people's behavior and the, the way that they interact with people and you notice that they blink they talk slower their hands are like glued to the side of their body because they are not they're not spending time wasting energy they their body is doing everything that it can to conserve energy so they don't starve to death right and that is why NEAT is the most adaptive component of your metabolism. As your body recognizes less energy coming in, it starts to decrease the amount of subconscious movements you do. And you might even notice if you've been like deep into a cut, um, you know, I naturally take the stairs. Like that's just something that I do. I just take the stairs. I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's autopilot. I like to walk everywhere. That's just what I do. But when I'm deep in a cut, Going for that walk, my lord, I have to drag and peel my ass off that couch. Taking the stairs, hell no, where's the elevator? Because your body is doing everything that it can to conserve energy, which is why it's so fascinating. The next thing when you think about metabolism is your thermic defect of feeding, right? So if you think about it, the more calories you are actually consuming the more calories it takes to digest and metabolize that food. When you're in a deficit, what do you take away from yourself? Calories, right? So you're eating less. When you're eating less, you're not um, requiring as much calories to actually metabolize and digest that food. So there you go. We've plummeted your, your basically your TDE maintenance, just that little bit more. And then when we take the the final component of your metabolism being your exercise activity thermogenesis, so your planned activity, if you've been knee deep in a cut, you know that your energy is probably not all up there. You're not, you know, like at at the start of a cut, like if this is happening, you've probably gone a bit too aggressive. But at the end of the cut, we are going to start 
potentially seeing some declining of your performance. Um, and that really ultimately leads to one thing. When we take all of these components, so a decrease in overall body mass, we take a decrease in NEAT levels, we take a decrease in food being the thermic defector feeding, and then we decrease performance. What does that mean? Why is this even relevant? It means that you require less calories to exist. So what was once your deficit calories ultimately starts becoming your maintenance or closer to it. And this is not, this does not mean that you are broken. That means that your body is doing exactly what it needs to do. But why it's important to understand is that when you come to a place where you're squeezing that toothpaste, you have to stop and ask yourself, am I willing to do what is required in order to go to the next level? Because with every level, there is another devil. When you are stuck and you are trying to achieve something you've never achieved, you have to do something different because if you do the same thing, you'll get the same result. Do what you've always done, get what you've always got. And this is where people tend to get stuck and they blame hormones and they blame all of the things when at the end of the day, what they've simply not asked themselves is, am I willing to do what it takes to go to the next level? And guys, sometimes the answer to that should be, no, I am not. Ask any person who has competed before or gotten really lean. Going from, you know, 30 to 25% body fat as a woman is, it's, it's always hard. It's always hard dieting, but it's not as hard as going from 25 to 20%. And then going from 20% to 18% at 18% to 15%, it requires a different level of suck. It requires you to go to another level of hard and we need to get better at accepting the hard if we want to continue achieving that thing or we need to decide, eh, yep, that's not really for me and that's totally a-okay as well. So with every decision that I'm helping clients through, I ask them, what is the cost? What is the cost if you stay the same? What would that mean for you? What would that look like in life? Would would life suck? Would you hate it? Sometimes they're like, yes, I would. Like, I, I can't run around with my kids. I'm, I feel like I'm not going to live as long as I really want to. And yes, like when the pain of staying the same is far greater than the pain of change, people will take action. But like, for example, in full transparency, sometimes I'm like, man, it would cool to be, le- be leaner. And then I'm like, am I required to do all the things that it takes in order to get there? Because I'm kind of at the end of the toothpaste, right? I'm kind of at the place where I'm like, oh, if I want to get leaner, it's I've, I've got less room for error because I am already lean. And that means that I need to get more precise. I need to track. I need to track my steps. I need to be really diligent with my training. I need to be really diligent and regimented with my cardio. 
because that is what is required. It's kind of like when you are saving for a house, right? Let's let's say you're saving for a house, and at first you 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 do the the things that you know you're like, okay, well I'll stop buying takeout as much. Maybe I'll switch my you know my latte for a at home coffee, or I'll buy a coffee machine and I'll try and save money by making my coffees at home. And it's just really small little changes, and you notice that your savings are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you kind of get to this place where you're like, oh man. I haven't saved anything for ages, right? <sighs> All right, I'm going to have to sit down. I'm going to have to look at exactly where I'm spending my money and where I am, you know, d- distributing these resources and I need to be- have a bit of a strategy to rein that in. And then you notice that you're probably buying, um, you know, clothes that you don't really need and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to say no to that. You notice that you've been going out with friends a little bit more. So you're like, okay, look, I really want to buy this house and right now this is what is required for, of me to do that and I'm going to do that. So you rein in the social occasions. You get to a place where you see the vision of the home in front of you and you're like, oh God, I want that so bad. That means so much to me. If I didn't have that, I would be devastated, right? So you do what it takes and requires in order for you to continue saving and do whatever it takes. Like think of a time where you've needed to pull money out of somewhere and you're like, I don't have it. There have been times where you haven't had it, but you found a way to get it, right? Fat loss is the same, guys. And when we get to a place where we're stuck, we do require a different strategy. It does require a different level of intention. And that means tracking. That means getting your steps in. That means getting your cardio in. And we can sook and moan and bitch about it until the cows come home. But we're we're looking at it through the wrong lens. It's not about hating on the process that will get you there because at the end of the day uh the the laws of thermodynamics are the laws of thermodynamics in order to create in order to lose fat you need to create an energy deficit i wish we could change that but that's what it is that's the wrong lens it's it's you have to ask yourself what is the cost am i willing to do what is required of me to get to the next level and if i want to get to the next level it does mean that i have to do something i haven't done before and please don't mistake this for me saying that you should go and do all of the unhealthy things and you should you know um, develop a poor relationship with food and you should just restrict and restrict and restrict until the cows come home until you are the leanest version of yourself and you don't have a period in all these things because i know that there are people in the universe who will interpret these words as that because it comes down to what is the cost you can choose to do that but the cost of that is your health your your mental health your overall well-being potentially your fertility Sometimes it's not that extreme. Sometimes it's I have to sacrifice more time away from my children because I need to get my steps in. I need to sit down and instead of sitting on the couch at the end of the day and completely switching off, I need to get out my phone and I need to plan my meals. I need to go pre-plan my meals for the next day. I need to make sure that I have a, a plan. I need to organize that plan and I need to execute that plan. And that's on you and that's a responsibility on you. And you have to ask yourself, am I willing to do that? And if I'm not, that's totally okay. But with every new level, there is another devil. And when you become stuck, it's not because you are damaged or there's something wrong. In most cases, 
in most cases, I will absolutely say that I have some clients come to me where I'm like, you are just not in a position to be dieting, girl. I'm not going to do that morally, ethically. That is not where I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you through a reverse diet and then we can talk about a, a cut later on down the track. For the most part, it's not that people are broken and that it's you know, starvation mode or hormones and things like that, which brings me on to the next topic because I've already been talking at you for so long. Starvation mode, does it exist? Starvation mode is the notion that if you restrict calories too drastically, your body will start to hold on to fat and therefore you won't lose fat. And guys, it ain't a thing. If you think about prisoners of war, if you think about people who starve to death, if you don't have enough energy coming into your body, your body doesn't store fat, you die. (laughs) And the notion that we have this starvation mode is just so unfounded. It is not in the literature. It's it's it doesn't exist, and that is that is why people die of starvation. Very very tragically, they die of starvation. Eventually, if there's not enough gas coming in, the car's going to stop. So starvation doesn't exist, but metabolic adaptation does. All of the things that I've just spent the last twenty five minutes talking to you about that does exist. But the really, really great thing about metabolic adaptation is that our bodies adapt to low calories by doing all of the things that I've mentioned throughout this podcast. But likewise, on the opposite end of the spectrum, when we introduce calories, our bodies also adapt. The other way, we, we may gain a little bit of weight, but even if we don't, our NEAT increases, our thermic defective feeding increases, and our exercise performance generally increases, which ultimately, at the end of the day, increases the amount of calories we require to exist. So just because you get to, you know, quote unquote, low calories, whatever that means during your cut, and again, this is not saying take it to a place where it becomes unhealthy in the ways that your biomarkers and your biofeedback are starting to be really negatively affected. You know, your cycle is increasing in length or you don't have a cycle at all. Though that's, that's going back to the question, what is the cost? There's always a cost to something. But if you have to get to a level of suck, it, mean, it also means that when you do eventually lose that little bit more fat, When you introduce calories, your metabolism won't be ruined. It will adapt the other way. And sometimes it's about saying, I don't really know how to do this or what I'm doing. And maybe I need to get somebody who knows how to do that for me. Someone who will ensure that I'm remaining healthy throughout this because one of the costs of you know going a bit more aggressive with a, a diet if 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 you're if you're not losing fat you're not in a deficit it's as simple as that but it's you know you take away more food and you de- you increase the risk of certain micronutrient deficiencies and that's where if you have a really good coach they are looking at you in a holistic way and saying okay i hear that your goal is that you want to do this 
in order to do this, this is what is required. This is the trade-off. This is the cost. However, likewise, I realize that I'm asking you, I'm taking more away from you. When I take more food away from you, it means that I'm taking more micronutrients away from you potentially. And therefore, I may need to start looking at things like supplementation to support your overall health, your overall well-being, and to ensure I'm keeping you as healthy as I possibly can within the goals that you have. And then obviously recognizing when it's time to to stop that fat loss phase. But anyway, I hope that this has given you a few little nuggets and helped you to understand exactly why we hit plateaus, why they happen, that they're not a, you know, something that we need to fear. They're not something that is ruining our body and I guess I just really want us to remove the fear mongering around it. And for me, I always learn and understand things a little bit better when I can understand the processes behind why things are happening. And when I understand that, I can ask myself, okay, well, what is the cost? Am I willing to take myself there? And and if I am, then I need to realize that I am going to be required to do things that I've never done before. And I am fully responsible for that. And if I don't want to do it, I am fully responsible for that too. But let's just get away from blaming the hormones and the starvation mode and all of the other things that are out there. I hope that um, this episode has been helpful, guys. I'm going to end it here. If you enjoyed this episode, please just leave me a review. Obviously, podcasts are time consuming, but it's such an awesome way to chat to you guys about you know, topics that I can't talk to you about on Instagram. If I did a 30 minute story on Instagram, nobody would listen to it. But I, you know, whether or not you're out walking your little bub in their pram or you're cooking a family meal or whatever it is you're doing, I'm just really grateful to be here with you. And I I really appreciate that you've given me time out of your really precious day to listen to what I have to say. So if it has been helpful, please leave me a review. Please hit the follow button. And if you have any questions about the episode, then just uh, DM me on Instagram. Sheridan Sky Fit, also Sheridan Sky Fit over on Facebook. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.